Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better, helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh Robb and Austin Wilson. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Invested Dads Podcast, the podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future. I am Austin Wilson, research analyst at Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. And I'm Josh Robb, Director of Wealth Management at Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. Austin, how can people help us grow this podcast? We would love it if you would subscribe. If you're not subscribed, you get new episodes to your device every single stinking Thursday ever. We haven't missed one yet. That's right. And we would also love it if you would visit our website and sign up for our weekly newsletter to get notified, which also comes out on Thursdays, which gives you a direct link to listen, as well as some highlights and brief summary of what we're going to be talking about. Yes. So today, Josh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, we're going to be talking about what's going on because okay. let's just say this year is rough. Rough. It's like a dog. Like a dog. Stocks are down. Yes. Bonds are down. Mm. Interest rates are up. Inflation's up. So let's talk about it. Yes. So we're just as a point of reference, recording this using timely data. Okay. So I want to data stamp this. This is through the end of nine twenty three data. Okay. Recorded on nine twenty six. Okay. By the yep. time this comes out, this will be plus or minus, hopefully where we're at, but it may be slightly different than the numbers you know. The markets are bloody is one way to put it. Red yes. a lot. Yes. They're like what, penguin reading a newspaper? What's the what's red all black over. and black white and, and red, red all over? Red all over. <laughs> <laughs> so the S&P recently, yes. again, using 923 data, closed just above its mm-hmm. bear market low, mm-hmm. 23.7% from all-time highs. Oof. Now, as a point of reference, this is still 9% above pre-COVID highs, so okay. February 2020, which, if you take a line from that point to now, is about 3% annualized, which is below average so it's still positive returns. from the... Uh, but barely. Yes. 3% annualized is well below historical long-term averages. Now, the Dow, so the Dow Jones Industrial Average, 30 companies. Yep. The S&P's roughly 500. The Dow's 30. It just now closed down into a bear market officially at the end of that week. 20.3% off all-time highs and is now actually down versus pre-COVID levels by 0.7% or marginal 0.3% annualized. But down from the February 2020 highs. Mm. Small caps are down 32%. 32, that's like a third from the closing high, which was actually last fall, and they're 2.5% below pre-COVID okay. highs. So substantially off of that, as a matter of reference, bonds are down double digits as well. Yep. That's not good. That's also very rare. Yep. What's driving this? Well, A, hawkish Fed. Hawkish Fed. And don't fight the Fed is what the markets are saying right now. So let's talk about the Fed. So the Fed, Federal Reserve, they set monetary policy Mm -hmm. in terms of interest rates and obviously they manage a balance sheet as well for liquidity within markets the federal reserve recently gave us the second 75 basis point or three quarters of one percent interest rate hike in a row which followed a 50 before that and a 25 before that the last three meetings alone have hiked rates by 200 basis points or two percent total which is the fastest pace since 1981 where also in response to inflation during the Volcker era, we had a 400 basis point hike season within that short of a time frame. But still, we haven't had that fast of a hiking cycle in a very, very long time. So it's very unknown, right? The interest rate decision, 75 basis points, was really as expected. The market expected us to get a 75 basis point interest rate increase. That's exactly what happened. What caused the harsh market reaction? Three letters. It's an acronym. Okay. S E P. 
And I'm not talking September, even though that coincidentally is what is where, is. where we're at right now. It's the SEP IRAs. The SEP has. IRAs. It's not even that. It's the Summary of Economic Projections. The government loves reusing acronyms. Summary of Economic Projections is the Federal Reserve Forecast. And in that forecast they just released showed lower economic growth forecasts, higher inflation forecasts, and higher unemployment forecasts than the prior meeting. Bad news all across the board. Yep. The year-end Fed funds rate expectations for the year-end is now expected to be, again, they use a range usually, 4.25 to 4.5. We usually use that upper end of the range kind of to say where we're at. Except which, for. It just uh, Except for uh, when we're at zero. We say we're in a zero interest rate, rate environment, and it, but we're really at a quarter the low percent. end, and then they switch to the high end while know. it's going up. You're right. Sneaky people. You're though. right. Watch them. So that 4.25 to 4.5% range is 100 basis points more than the June meeting, which really includes at least another rate hike expected this year and showing a terminal rate of at least 45 to 4.75%, which is, again, higher than before. So the Fed is planning to hike faster and keep rates higher for longer before easing, meaning lowering interest rates, which is not good for the markets. The market does not And we're like, going to talk about why. We're going to yep. talk about why. So essentially, the Fed is okay with slowing the economy drastically, even to the point of enforcing an economic recession, which is going to bring higher unemployment, all in an effort to bring down inflation. They're okay with that. That's what they've said. That's pretty much what they are saying. Their projections are for higher interest rates and higher unemployment. So that is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So the question you're going to ask me, Josh, is why? Why? Are, are stocks, stocks lower? Lower. Why are stocks lower? What does that have to do with the Federal Reserve at all, right? Yeah. First, yeah, they're just affecting monetary policy. Right. What does that have to do with stocks? Well, first and foremost, it comes down to valuations. Mm. Interest rates are used to place a value on future earnings, cash flows, dividends for stocks when you're compiling a discounted cash flow valuation. So when rates are low... Future earnings are worth more today because they're discounted less. Makes sense. The bigger that percentage number, the, the less it's worth today in future dollars, right? Yep. Okay. When rates are higher, which we're saying much higher today, much higher than they've been in a while, the opposite is true. So future earnings are worth less in today's dollars. So people are less interested. Investors are less interested in future earnings, which is what's driving stocks and markets forward over time is earnings, right? Well, those earnings are worth less, so stocks don't look as good. Another factor is impending economic weakness is almost a certainty, and that is probably going to pressure corporate earnings. Estimates for both this year and next are dropping by the day, and notably, though, they are still positive year over year. So this year versus last year and next year versus this year are both expected to still be positive by about 8% for the overall S&P 500. And you mean the estimates are dropping by the day. That's when they come out and do their update quarterly Mm -hmm. when they have their their earnings calls and all that and they give kind of what they expect to have by end of year and next year they're lowering their own expectations because they're saying hey it's costing me more to borrow and so that that is happening too but what it's really analysts are the ones analysts are lowering the earnings estimates for the market as a whole okay so they're they're just looking at broad saying correct it's getting more expensive they are also this is can be compiled with bottoms up Mm -hmm. analysis but generally speaking for what this purpose is analysts are looking at the s&p 500 and saying s&p 500 earnings are going to be less than they were okay still positive year over year but less than they were now another factor of why stocks are lower is higher u.s interest rates compared to other areas of the world as well as economic and geopolitical uncertainty are making the dollar, the U.S. dollar, greenback, more attractive. So this is causing people to buy and hold dollars and sell other currencies, which strengthens the dollar in comparison while weakening other currencies. I saw the pound 
the is pound. pretty, yeah. pretty low. It's like a one for one. Yeah. Lowest since the early 80s or something like that. Crazy. Crazy. So a stronger dollar makes international companies' earnings worth less when converted to U.S. dollars, as well as U.S. goods abroad more expensive. Now, multinational companies, so these are U.S. companies that have a lot of business abroad, their revenues and profits, when they're in translated back to dollars, because it's a U.S. company from foreign currencies, are being very negatively impacted by the strong dollar, because those currencies are turning into less dollars. I'm getting a few dollars for yep. my foreign currency. Gotcha. So those are a handful of reasons of why stocks are lower. Yep. Okay, so that handles one sixty percent of a balanced portfolio. Let's talk about the other 40 why are bonds lower? Well, the notion of fixed income is really just that. The income is fixed, right? Fixed income. Yep. So when inflation is higher, bonds become relatively unattractive because the fixed interest payments won't go as far. So people sell bonds. What does selling do? Selling causes prices to go down, which sends yields higher. Well, that's what we've had really this year very, very sharply. Also, the increasing of the Fed interest rate does this as newer issues of bonds. They have higher rates. They're more attractive than older bonds. So people are selling lower yielding bonds, which is also putting lower prices and higher yields out there. So statistically speaking, bonds are having the worst year ever. Ever. A long time. Not only due to how much the Fed has hiked rates, because they've hiked rates this much before, but how fast yeah, they're hiking it's a rates. very steep it's all about the speed there. And generally speaking, the longer your maturity on your bonds, the more interest rate risk you have. And those ones, the longer you are out, the further your price is down. Yep. Like there are some bonds that are down, like a tech stock, like mm-hmm. 30%. That's crazy. Yep. So that is why your stocks and your bonds are lower in relation to the Federal Reserve. It is a tough market environment out there. Let me break up this very, very depressing podcast you're putting out for us. You're not excited? With a dad joke of the week. So, Austin, what kind of car do chickens like to drive? Oh, man. I like Chicken Run. Have you seen that movie, by the way? Chicken Run. You've never seen Chicken Run? Claymation from the late 90s, I think. There's another one. Mel Gibson was the voice in it. Okay. There's another one out there, and it's all about Thanksgiving. I forget what that one's called, but it's turkeys, but it's a pretty good one. To answer your question, Josh, I love Chicken Run, but I don't know what chickens drive. They like to drive Yolks Wagons. Yolks Wagons. I love eggs, by the way. Yes. Mm, Eggs are good. That's a good joke, Josh. Thank you. So I don't want to depress you anymore, but I'm probably going to. Other reasons the markets are less than favorable this year for investors. Oh, wait. The Fed. Yep. Interest rates. Inflation. Definitely the big portion of that. We're heading into a season yep. that could cause volatility. That's that's what yeah. One more piece. The season Walk me through this. of volatility it can be attributed somewhat. Not now. What we talked about earlier yeah. is going to handle most of the price movements we've seen. Yes. Now it is also noteworthy that we have midterm elections uh, coming yeah. up. That's coming up. Midterm elections coming up has historically led to more volatility in the markets and worse returns in the markets than non midterm years. Okay. Now, Seems true. we've had both of those mm-hmm. by very wide margins this year. Actually, this year has been more volatile and worse than the typical midterm year, but it is holding true that it is much worse than a non-midterm year. Yep. So a lot of the reason this is, is that markets hate uncertainty. Yes. And right now there's uncertainty as to the makeup of U.S. Congress as we enter the next couple years before we have because there's a chance one or both could swing party control correct in this midterm right now both the house and the senate are controlled by the democrats by Mm -hmm. majorities that 
for a long time was forecasted very sharply to swing Republicans. And now it's actually looking like they might be closer. split. Yes. You might Republicans might, I think, gain the House, House. while the Senate is retained mm-hmm. control by the Democrats. So again, the market hates uncertainty. Until there is more certainty around that, you're going to have more volatility naturally mm-hmm. because Congress can place a lot of laws in place to change things like tax codes, all kinds of rules and regulations around securities and mm-hmm. company companies can do and the environment and all kinds of things. Just not knowing what that looks like can cause uncertainty in the markets. Yep. And we're certainly seeing that already. Now, there is a bit of good news around this. So the bad news is that performance through the end of September, not good at all. Not good. In fact, I think on average, slightly negative through the end of September on average on a midterm year. I'd say we're a little bit more than slightly negative this mm-hmm. year. By no, just, just a skosh. However, the fourth quarter, typically very strong, actually leading to, on average, now very unlikely this year, but on average leading to marginally positive returns. Oh, nice. So if history is any precedent, expecting, hopefully, some better news in the fourth quarter than we had in the first three in terms of the stock market. Speaking of how these things work in terms of a calendar, there's something called seasonality. Seasonality is similar to what we just talked about with midterms, but looking at years and timeframes in general and what happens and what works and what doesn't work. So from where we are, the rest of the month, historically, pretty rough. Okay, mm-hmm. But one month returns, slightly better than average from here. So that's really looking at through the end of October. Three month returns, really looking to the end of the year. Those have been very strong that's historically good. from this point like in the year. 80%? Yep, something like that. That'd be nice. Uh, 80, well, 80% would be great. I'd, I'd take 100. New all-time highs, yep. that'd be great. No, I'm not counting on any of that, but positive, positive is movement. the theme. Yep. Let's, let's get some sort of upward momentum anyway and stop the selling. And it's also just at a high level really hard to deny the forward return potential for either stocks or bonds from the levels we're looking at today, looking at one, three, five, or especially 10 or more years. Stocks and bonds... They're on sale. Things are beat down. And if history is any indication of what to expect, now again, we can't guarantee future returns because of past performance, but markets have cycles. And we've seen cycles before. Nothing's been exactly like what we're seeing, but I've we've seen, seen cycles before. before, buy cycles before. We've seen them all. Unicycles before. Quad cycles. Yeah. Is that a thing? I don't know. So historically speaking, the markets have recovered. Yes. Which would lead us to say that they will recover. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Mm hmm. That's why we try to keep a long-term time horizon. And on that thought of keeping a long-term time horizon, Josh, this is where I talk to my financial advisor, Josh Robb, and I say, Josh, what do I do? Yeah. So a lot of volatility. A lot of volatility. A lot of uncertainty. Uh, and, you know, especially for young investors, this is, it's been a while since we've had this prolonged volatility. COVID. It was quick. It was short, three months, and we're back to all-time highs. Prior to that, 2018, we had a downturn, about 19%. But within about four months, we were back up to where we were. So this is where reviewing your plan is always helpful to say, you got to remember the why. Why am I saving this money? Why am I doing what I'm doing? The why is going to help you stick with it. Now is not the time to abandon your plan. Right. If you are adding money and you are concerned, dollar cost average. 
So while the market's going down, you continue to add because every time you add, you're buying more shares. Yeah. So you know, continue to add your money in. If you're young and you're investing, these downturns are actually the best thing that can happen for your long-term performance. Absolutely. So as much as you hear on the news and are worried, as long as you have a good plan and you're investing in a well-diversified portfolio, historically speaking, it's always recovered. And we have to assume that that will continue. With that mindset, continue to add your money. If you have extra cash, I don't know where low is. I don't. I'm not going to be not going to call it. that. But when you're down twenty some percent, it's not a bad time to put some extra cash in. Yeah, could go worse. I don't know. It could. But this is twenty percent on sale where you were at the start of the year. You mentioned the Fed's job is you know to watch the inflation and the job market. Right now, they're really focusing on inflation. So with their goal of raising interest rates and continuing to do so and leaving them up for a while, avoiding high interest rate is going to be key. Yeah, because if you have to incur debt. Yes, because if the job market is going to suffer, you would be better off with as little debt as possible. True. Floating rate with, again, if the Fed's going to keep that rate up, you don't want adjustable rates that keep fixed rate as much as possible and low as much as possible. I mean, that's logical. Or wait on taking on debt yep. until... Rates come back down. Yep. And then as you're heading into the end of the year, depending on how you're investing, there are opportunities. There's selling things that are down, which, wait a minute, you just told me never to do that. What? But we're talking tax strategies here where you replace it with something you're else. still in the you're market. still invested, but you're going to sell at a loss, buy something right away that's uh, similar, but not the same. So an example is if I own the SP 500, I would sell that and buy... The Russell or Russell 1000. Yeah, like a market cap yep. thing. Still invested, but I'm diversifying to a, something different. The idea there is when I sell it at a loss, I get to take those losses and apply them against gains on my tax return. Yeah. So all I'm doing is just tax harvesting things that I could use on my taxes. So you still stay in the market. You're really relatively in a similar thing. You just can't own the exact same thing. So you got to be careful with that. But use times when the market is down to make those adjustments. If you're looking at doing conversions and stuff, converting when the price is down saves you taxes. And if you keep it invested, it will grow on the other end. So there are some tax strategy stuff you can implement that would be helpful for you to do while the market's down. So take advantage of while it's down by continue to add money in and look at opportunities from a tax standpoint are the two big things. And always, always talk to your advisor. Always talk to your advisor. And if you don't have one, feel free to ask us because we would be happy to help you out or talk to you, see if we can help you out in any way. So there is an Invest With Us tab on our website. Check that out. And uh, we would love if you would send us an email. We would be in touch. This was, you know, not the most rosy episode ever, but we would just remind everyone that the best is ahead and to keep a long-term perspective. And you're really going to be able to avoid getting down in the doldrums on the down days that we've had, right? Yes. Again, we're not saying the worst is behind us in terms of the markets, but given enough time frame, we would say that things should recover and should get back to where we were over time. Yes. So take out the noise of a day-to-day thing, take the app off your phone, Stop logging in and checking your statements, unless you have to, right? And just keep a long-term focus. It's going to help everyone sleep at night. So thank you for listening and being here this week. Please share this episode with anyone who may have been asking you, hey, what's what's going on on? with the markets? Because there's a lot of stuff going on, and we don't pretend to know everything. But hopefully we can help explain a little bit of what's going on in a way that people can understand. And again, we would love it if you subscribe if you're not subscribed already. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Leave us a review if we helped you out. That would be great. Until next Thursday. Have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh Robb and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.